Hey, welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Coming to you openly from Imperial Center, far from the chaos of the Outer Rim and the Rebel Nuisance. My name's Joe Cahill, and joining is my co-host as always, Mr. Ray Rumsey. Ray, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic, thank you. It's always good to be where the credits are. Excellent, excellent. John Mark Tolley can't be joining us tonight. He's got some family stuff going on, so we're just going to be handling this one ourselves. Uh, tonight's subject, we're going to talk about fan films. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. I think it's a subject that hasn't been touched on. There are some amazing fan films out there. Uh, and some creators that I would absolutely love to see get Disney to contact and maybe do their own series. Uh, they've got some really big original ideas. Um, so we picked a few of our favorites. And uh, we will put these links for all of these on the uh, credits for the on our YouTube page. So you can jump on there later on and you can see the links for these and go watch them yourselves. Um, but the first one we're going to talk about is Darth Maul, Apprentice, Star Wars fan film. Ray, what were your thoughts on this one? Now that, that was a very well done fan film. Like, I'd almost dare to say that it, then take this for what it's worth, because this is just Ray here, but I would venture to say that rivaled the, uh, the new sequel movies. Yeah. With the the content the quality of the uh dialogue the lightsaber fighting everything in it was just top notch i never would have known it was a fan film if i hadn't have known that going into it right and being a prequel to the prequel yeah to episode one that's what i really liked um somebody got real creative and went back to a spot that hadn't been touched before uh, Maul's origins. I mean, that that's basically it's an origin story for for Maul, and wow, yeah, like you said, the lightsaber scenes, uh, the interactions with Palpatine, uh, all the way around. They just it's a really rounded, well done fan film, and mm -hmm. and probably in my top five of the fan films. Oh yeah, and I think I sent you the links to my top five tonight. Um, <laughs> and as you noticed it was the first one i sent you yeah um, so it was really excellent uh you know exploring the comparison between fan films and what we've been getting in the sequels i'm finding a lot of fan films i enjoy more than i enjoy the sequels yeah yeah and that is a little scary to me <laughs> you know, these guys are doing it with budgets in the thousands of dollars versus mm -hmm. millions. Right. And effects are just as good. Dialogue is better in a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. And character building is better in a lot of cases. You're being awful they're, quiet, buddy. Come on. <laughs> you're you're looking at they're doing these on lower budgets, but they're doing it with you know, I'm sure they want to make some money off of this, but you can tell by looking at like the level of detail that they're putting into this, they're doing it because they're fans. They're right. doing it because they're putting out something that they want other fans to see, not as fan service, which is pretty much what we got with the sequels, 
Um, it was a cash grab. Let's play off of what fans want to see. And it just, it, it fell short of the mark. Whereas with these fan films, the ones that you sent me, they are just leaps and bounds beyond it. And, you know, the Darth Maul one, you've got, like you said, this is a history. This is Darth Maul earning the title of Darth. You know, mm-hmm. he massacred a bunch of Jedi, which watching it and kind of breaking it down a little bit without too many spoilers here, I kind of felt like the Jedi in the film, in the fan film, were almost... I get where they're coming from. They're trying to stop this the Sith, uh, but it almost felt like they were dealing too much with their emotions and that was kind of their downfall. Yeah. Well, arrogance too. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, for and, sure. And pulling off, wiping them out, trying not to give you too many spoilers and still, <laughs> still the Jedi order has no idea about it at the end of the yes. film. And um, the, the, uh, whoever did the Palpatine, um, in that fan film did a wonderful job. Yeah. That's you'd think it was the original actor. Oh yeah. Oh Uh, yeah. Sounded almost exactly like him. Right. And like you said, the, uh, well choreographed on the lightsaber fights. Oh my gosh. So well done. Uh, you know, it was, it was like watching, well, maybe not quite up to the level of the duel between Qui-Gon Maul and Obi-Wan, but, Definitely more fluid and faster than, say, Luke versus Vader. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah ever was. Uh, and that was my some of my problem with the uh, sequels. Uh, the big fight between Rey and Kylo on the remnants of the Death Star, didn't, it didn't seem fluid and, you know, Jedi-like to me. Um, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure. used, you know, after seeing that battle in, in episode one, you're kind of ruined on lightsaber fights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then and then the Obi-Wan and and Anakin fight in episode three. Uh you know, just see, I would venture to say that the fight between Anakin and Obi-Wan was the best of the the fights, the duels, the duels in the prequels, and that to me wasn't even as good as the ones in this fan film. Right. I mean, they just blew it out of the water. Yeah, it went in all film. out. So to the creators of Darth Maul apprentice, a star Wars fan film, I'm giving you a nine out of 10. Sorry. Oh, absolutely. Fan films go. You are one of the best I've seen. Um, go check it out. You know, you can go to YouTube and kick in just key in star Wars fan films and hundreds of them are going to pop up. Oh Yeah. And what's nice, though, is the most viewed, which are usually the best, pop up at the top. So, mm-hmm. you know, go on there and, and watch it. You, I think you will not be disappointed in that film. Uh, no way. Not a, not in the least. That face paint that they did with Maul, that was really good. It didn't look like some group of fans were like, oh, we should do a video. Yeah, I can kind of put on some face paint. No, this looked professional. Accurate. Yeah. yeah, screen accurate and professionally done uh, by a makeup artist. 
Yeah. So, you know, that's and a, if go ahead. if we kind of break it down just a little bit beyond the visuals, but still kind of bringing in the visuals, their use of the terrain within the uh, fighting and all of that, they they really took everything into account. I mean, they they didn't just fight in one spot. They moved around. They had all these different areas that they were doing stuff and Maul's little surprises. Yes, um, you know to to balance it a little more since he was so outnumbered. Um, yeah, yeah. It they took great care to make sure that this looked like a, a production. This was a movie quality fan film, right? And so kudos. I definitely would love to see more. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. The, the, there's still a lot of history for Darth Maul that's been hinted at or brought into the, uh, you know, rebels and, and, and clone wars and that kind of thing. But let's go back. I mean, what are his pure origins? You know, we know that he's a Dathomir witch, child, mm-hmm. you know, firstborn son and all that, but let's see the training. Let's see what got him to be Darth Maul uh, and earn him that title of Darth. Oh, yeah. And you know it couldn't have just been as easy as, oh, hey, uh, I want you as an apprentice. You have hate in your heart. Like, I want you on my side. <laughs> you know, this had to have been a long and drawn. And they kind of go over it a little bit in the Clone Wars. Um but I don't feel like Maul ever got the level of attention that that particular villain deserved. No, he was used as a place filler. Yes. That there was a bad guy for episode one. And he could have been a bad guy through all three of the prequels. Easily. Um, I would have enjoyed seeing him working with... uh, in, in Clone Wars, Episode 2, with with the, the Geonosians and everybody there on the planet and been part of the big duel in the uh, jet, the arena. Oh. Uh, I mean, okay, so we've got Mace Windu cutting down Mandalorians, like, problem, no problem. And then you've got, you know, on the other side of the stadium, Darth Maul cutting down Jedi like they're not a problem. And maybe have the two of them meet in the middle. Oh, now that would be a good fight. That would have been the way to do it, in my opinion. You're you're, you're getting the best of both worlds. Um, And then, of course, you know, everybody else is losing, so he has to retreat, too. But, wow, I mean, it would be the absolute perfect way to have shown that. I agree. I mean, you're you're talking about uh, pretty much up until Darth Maul, we had only seen one type of lightsaber. And now right. here's this guy with the first ever on-screen dual-bladed lightsaber. And then to have that facing off with the purple lightsaber of Mace Windu, I mean, you got two of the most unique weapons of the prequels fighting each other. That would just be... And unique fighting styles. Oh, absolutely. Because Windu had his own and Oh, now I'm all wishing that could be. I'm so excited. That sounded that yeah. so cool. Um, I mean, you because you could even have like 
Maul taking little pot shots at Windu about like, oh, you're closer to the dark side than you think, you know. Yeah. Or uh has the council missed Qui-Gon? <laughs> 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 yeah, little things like that just to throw and piss him off. Um, oh, that would be so good. Yeah. Boy, now I wish I hadn't thought of that because I'm upset that it's not in there. Well, hopefully somebody puts it together as a fan film. Yeah. Like, that would be amazing. Yeah. And they could have had, in, in episode three, you know, when Anakin goes to Mustafar, he meets there mm. with Paul. Ooh. Instead of him and Obi-Wan, it'd be him and Maul. But we get both. Oh. When when he kills the, all the separatists, he takes out Maul to become the new apprentice. And then Obi-Wan shows up. <laughs> now that would be uh see missed opportunities right here. That yeah. that would have You and I should be writers for them, man. <laughs> or at least fans definitely should be uh yeah for fan sure. filmmakers and that kind of thing because uh disney's missing a lot uh, same thing with what they've done with legends which we'll be getting into with one of the films we picked to discuss mm-hmm. here in a bit uh which and that kind of brings it all back around full circle is you it, fans tend to have these ideas that other fans really like and i feel like those were missed opportunities for the directors who wanted to create a fan service and they're just like oh we think this is what they want even though i've never seen a star wars movie right (laughs) so let's have a lightsaber duel on chunks of the death star even though in the explosion we did in the movie it was pretty much tiny little speckles left yes Um, you know it was a fusion reactor detonating that's a pretty vaporizing event right and you know not to bring real world physics into this or anything like that but chernobyl is still suffering the effects of what happened in in russia when the, the reactor exploded do you know they I probably wouldn't because of Chernobyl? I did not know that. Yeah, I was stationed in Europe when Chernobyl blew. And the dust wow. cloud the dust cloud came over uh Great Britain. And when I went to give blood, you know, years later, that was a question on the questionnaire. Holy cow. Were you in Europe during these that. years due to you know and due to Chernobyl? Uh you'll be unable to give. I was like, oh. So yeah, it's still causing problems. But, like you said, so they're able to run that, around on this Death Star pieces that should be so irradiated. Right. <laughs> that so that's actually, a, that's actually a two-fold or a two-pronged attack there. Because you got these, just how irradiated that would be. They wouldn't even be able to get near it. They would just turn into puddles of goo. <laughs> and then, second of all, that's another fan idea is... What about those Imperials that were stationed nearby and they survived the aftermath of the Death Star exploding? Right. Like the health issues that would come from that, you know, like. uh, (laughs) Does the Empire have a VA? 
You're right. <laughs> Agent, Agent Orange. And <laughs> and of course, you know, they're going to ignore him because. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Go to our veterans, admin, our, our stormtrooper administration over there and uh, fill out all the paperwork and wait two years to hear anything back. And the, then we'll tell you no. <laughs> that that would be uh, probably one of the funniest spoofs of a fan film would be a bunch of stormtroopers. Storm 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 I was irradiated by the Death Star and now I have cancer. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to get VA health benefits. <laughs> oh, okay. You know, hey, fill out this 722-page questionnaire. Yeah. And, and information. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you didn't claim that while you were in the service. Yeah, so you didn't claim that while you were you... eligible. Yeah, we did, we can't give you service connected for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but... And don't worry to anybody that's listening, it's okay. Joe and I are both veterans and we both go through the VA, so we can joke because we've we been there. We can joke there. about it because we're both service connected. <laughs> exactly. We've been there. We've sat on the benches for two hours waiting for an appointment. You get but... in at two hours? Dude. Well, that's after I had to wait a few months for the appointment. Oh, okay. That's that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah, I had my call with them today. Hey. <laughs> We've just got the, the questionnaire because you take pain medication. Yep. We have to do it every few months. Yeah, my answers haven't changed. I love it too. <laughs> do you drink alcohol? Have you drank any alcohol in the last year? No. Three questions later. Do you would you say your alcohol level uh, intake has increased? Yeah. No. <laughs> Since I haven't had a drink in <laughs> over a year, I would say no, it hasn't increased. But back to Star Wars. And, well, be before we cut back to that, there's always those awesome questions, too, where it's like, and I believe it was a, a comedian said this, and it was, uh, do you like cocaine or sugar? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I love sugar. Uh, so that's <laughs> how do yes. I answer this? <laughs> so you're answering yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man. But yeah, yeah. But that would be a pretty funny spoof. Uh, uh, yeah, we anybody... might talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> we can but do a that... video because of COVID. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All remote. A video interview. Okay. Yeah. Well, we find you know. Uh, so the next one we picked is Star Wars fan film Kenobi. Yes. Not to be confused with kenobi which disney plus is going to be doing and putting out on their channel um, mm -hmm. but if disney plus does half a good a job as this it'll be a pretty good series i was extreme this is basically uh obi-wan it starts off he's given the baby to to owen and baru baby Luke. yes and you want to talk about a hermit when he started <laughs> oh yeah and he barely even watch it out for the kid. Uh, well, getting chased off and told not to be there. And you're more of a danger if you're here. Uh, right. All, all Which that, was I, kind of the Jedi MO. Yeah. Let's be dangerous and, and be obvious. Uh, <laughs> but maybe, I mean, for me, you know, my favorite scene in it. Uh, when the Imperials yeah. do come to take their Imperial census of Tatooine. <laughs> because they have now moved in and claimed the outer territories. Yes. And they're, they're talking to uh, Lars and Beru. Mm -hmm. We don't need an emperor here. Yeah, we don't. Oh, really? Um, 
but starting to get close to, to trying to get them, you know, where'd the baby come from? Whose baby is that? Mm -hmm. Whose son is that? Uh, from the Imperial officer and his squad of troopers. And to have Obi-Wan Kenobi then walk out of the desert and try the, you don't care about the baby. <laughs> go on <laughs> with your business. And the, the, the officer go, what? <laughs> Yeah, Get <laughs> he immediately goes. He's like, "Yeah, I'm not a weak-minded fool, and I know what you're trying to do." Yep. Um, but what what yep. did you enjoy about this one? Uh, you know, I think you and I kind of talked about it before when we were in the pre-record that, as far as Kenobi is concerned, the fan film, uh, if the actual Disney Plus show even remotely follows this, they're going to be on to something. I liked everything from start to finish. I was kind of worried at first. I was like, man, this is kind of slow. Um, but when you think of the 16 or 17 years he sat there. Exactly. Yeah. But this, it, it really does encapsulate what in my mind I thought happened with old Ben. Yeah. You know, this, it had to have been extremely hard for him. And you guys did the show last week about the mental health. And I feel like Obi-Wan's mental health at this point had to have been shot. Oh yeah. He's like all of us under quarantine. Right. And and dealing with what just happened, he just survived Order sixty six, and as far as he knows, cut down his Padawan, his former Padawan. Because uh, at that point, you know, he kind of thought he killed him. Right, uh, right. I mean, it, little did he know he made him better. But that's oh, absolutely made him better. <laughs> uh, you know, he he didn't fall; he rose. Exactly. Yeah. Since we're coming openly here from Imperial Center this week, I, right? I right. Say that without Mark just rolling his eyes and then having to point out, Joe's <laughs> our resident Imperial. Um. <laughs> yep. Exactly. I got to get my palms greased somehow. You That's know, right. Those, those credits don't earn themselves. No. And but <laughs> rebel rebels have no money. They just yeah. Then you get a big love. Thank you. <laughs> for, for, <laughs> for no, you you get medals as long as you're not a Wookiee, right? And but they're not made of anything good. No, you can't sell them. You can't. I mean, because then you'd be, you know, brought in for imperial interrogation. I mean, <laughs> questioning, uh, question, questioning. <laughs> but to to the question, um, probably my favorite part, I, I think, was probably. That moment when Obi-Wan realizes, oh, crap, I screwed up. Yeah. Like, he he tried the mind trick. And, you know, if you think about all the movies, specifically the prequels, he used the mind trick. That was kind of Obi-Wan's thing, mm -hmm. which is kind of weird to me. I've always had a problem with Jedi being able to alter people's minds like that. Yeah. I never really viewed that as a good thing to do. Seems a little invasive to me. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's uh, why they were evil. And we, we, we've done everything we can to stamp them out of the uh, space. <laughs> yeah. So with all of that, I feel like him being isolated and being a hermit for so long 
also kind of played a part in that, why it didn't work on him, because then he later does it to a stormtrooper and it does work. Right. Uh, but it only works on the weak-minded and an Imperial officer, you know. Right, right. I mean... Different than a standard trooper. <laughs> true, true. But all in all, I, I really liked that part. I thought it it kind of brought everything together and set the tone for what was going to be coming yeah. and, in episode four. And it turns out Lars is reasonably a badass. Yeah, yeah good, exactly. Good, that, good that was choice to take care of Luke. Right. I mean, we don't really get anything from Lars in any of the actual movies. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, baby drop off. Uh, your mom's dead. Sorry, dude. I guess I'm your, ha- <laughs> I guess I'm your stepbrother. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, or take that droid, those droids into Anchorhead and get their memories flushed. Yep. Now, I will say, I did actually enjoy, and I, I know, did they take it with a grain of salt, whatever, but I enjoyed seeing a child Luke. Right. I mean, come on. We got the bratty Anakin. We should get the child Luke. Uh, get and some the child Luke did a better job than the bratty Anakin. I'm not. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be bad seeing him, you know, learn how to fly a, a, a speeder and and what was his T-15 hopper back mm-hmm. home? Yep. Uh, T-16. T-16. T-16, hopper. yes. And see, that's my thing. And we just talked about it with the mall movie or the, the mall fan film. And I feel like here we are again. The thing that we run into with the actual movies is the lack of background. It's all implied or they drop hints about, you know, you got um, when we're watching episode four, you got Obi-Wan telling Luke, oh, your dad was the best space pilot. Mm-hmm. He was the greatest fighter pilot. Da, 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 da. And you just go the rest of the movies going, oh, okay. So that's where Luke gets it from, I guess. Uh, I didn't realize being a good pilot was inherited. but No, that was genetic, but cool. (laughs) (laughs) But then we get the prequels and we see Anakin and we see how good of a pilot he was, which I didn't see him do anything like super crazy other than the pod race. Right. And uh, and they kind of talk about that at the meal with his mother. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, requires jedi reflexes to to, for a human to do that um right but but from that moment on you know he's just around other jedi right specifically obi-wan so when they're in doing space combat together i mean he loved to fly whereas obi-wan was hated it Mm -hmm. but but we didn't see him do anything (laughs) right like you don't see him do anything that's just like wow you are a fantastic you're beyond fighter pilot yeah, yeah. So, anywho, uh, th- the thing that I really like about these fan films is they're going back and they're giving us that missing piece. Right, and better than Disney tried with Solo. Yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Solo, and, and you know, they should have done anybody... the sector books, they should have done the legends. <laughs> yes. Anybody who's watched War of the Stars, you have heard us break down the movies time and time again. We've gone 
forward and backward and fine tooth combed them. So I just, this is not a surprise to anybody who has heard our show before, unless you're just now starting to listen, in which case you have chosen a really weird place to start. But anyway, solo to me was good for what it was. If you just wanted a time filler and you wanted to watch like an actiony Western that had like some star Wars references, cool. You got solo. But if you wanted an actual Star Wars movie, I feel like it fell short. Well, to me, it's always been like if you look at like the original trilogy mm-hmm. and, uh, as absolutely gorgeous women making love to them and having a great time. And then the name of Solo says it all. You're doing right. everything solo. You don't have that beautiful woman as part of it anymore. No gorgeous partner. Uh, right. and out of lotion so (laughs) that's our thoughts on solo yeah (laughs) oh at least the blue milk was not okay that green milk that didn't (laughs) last year i was like oh even luke is like "Mm, mm, yeah mm, that's hard to get down yeah (laughs) so i I mean rogue one though rogue one was was one of the best really good ever seen yeah, I mean, talk about I mean it gave us background. that it gave us that bridge, and I I did enjoy that quite a bit. It was that gritty, just hey man, this is war. Yeah. This is what happened. This is the a lot. This is what the rebels are supposed to be doing. Not this hiding out and just continuing to build support and never doing anything. Um, right. The only thing I'd like to see from the same time period now is Vader from yes. the, from the end of Episode Three. Until the beginning of Rogue One. Oh yeah, that would be a cool fan film. I mean, let's let's see him hunting down Jedi and making sure yes, six is finished. And any struggles he may have with suddenly he's in this armored giant suit instead of I mean, he was an okay taller guy, but he wasn't what he is in the suit. Um, yeah, I mean, he's got to relearn to use his entire body. I mean, what? think of anybody that gets a prosthetic. I mean, yes, it's oh, Star Wars, and they're. Uh, oh yeah, he's definitely had to be slower, but he's still so powerful in the Force that he could take on just about anybody. Uh, oh yeah. So yeah, you know, if we're gonna do, like like we said, these fan films are finding these little niches, and they're nailing them. I uh, agree with that one hundred percent. And I would I. If anybody's listening and they know somebody who's kicking around the idea of doing a fan film, that would be college. Uh, that would be huge. Call that us. would be amazing. Yeah, definitely we'll call us. Involved. We got some ideas. We got some ideas. But if they did that that intermediate or intermittent Vader where he's in the in between there, learning to use his new body, the new fighting style, hearing how the Emperor talks down to him to keep him under his thumb. Uh, you know, all of that thing fighting other Jedi that had survived Order 60. Yeah, Creed, that I, I want to see the first time when he's still yeah. not comfortable with the armor and the body and the fighting styles. And yes, like maybe he loses a limb and they, you know, that uh, medical droid is like, You really need to stop doing this, right? And <laughs> well, and you know, that sets up that rumor that he's really not a man, uh huh, robot. Because you know, that does, because in the books, you know, there there was that rumor in the in the early novels. 
Right. Darth Vader wasn't a man. He was a machine. Um, yeah. So I give this one a seven. What about you? Um, yeah, I, I would say a seven only because it, it didn't really have a huge pickup until towards the end there. But I mean, overall, it was good. I, yeah. I'd give that a seven. Now, I think we're going to talk about the one you decided was your favorite. Bucketheads. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> Bucketheads. A Stormtrooper really, movie. I love it. I liked it. And part of the reason that I liked it so much, I'm just going to shoot this right out there, is it's very remnant of the Clone Wars. But it, instead of being a, a CGI cartoon, this was a live action thing. And, I mean, you get that same kind of camaraderie dialogue as they're marching through the forest you know you landing this landing and and her being so afraid and he's just like put your helmet on trooper (laughs) (laughs) okay and you they're real people yeah they're they're actual people behind those suits and you're like they're not clones anymore so they have their own identities i mean they're talking about their uh significant others that they can't wait to get back to i mean it's got kids i mean it's 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 and it's so gritty it it reminds me very much of the grittiness of rogue one oh yeah yeah you like know. this could very easily be part of rogue like the end of rogue one heading into episode 4 like this is yeah, they're these are the these are some of the troops getting dropped on the beach, or mm-hmm. uh, you know they they're, they're being launched from the destroyer as reinforcements with the shield yeah. down. And I mean, there's so much and, that they could do with it. And, and they kind of brought in an interesting thing that, to be honest, I never th- really thought about. Is we see it with the clones; they have divisions and. You know, you've got the 501st and you've got this and this. this. And then you're watching Bucketheads and I, I believe it was Nova Team. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, wait. I never really thought about the Stormtroopers having those different platoons and, you know, groupings. I, I never really thought about Getting down that. down to that smaller level. Uh, unit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, unit. Thank you. That's yeah. what I was looking And that for. they're that, that good. Uh, yeah, some of these teams are picked more often than others because they're just their records are that much better, and you know, and I get the feeling like the yeah, they do the they treat the rookies really well because they're in constant conflict, so it's not yeah. the hazing we get <laughs> or we give it, uh, <laughs> to everybody in our services because you're just constantly under the gun, right. Um, from day one, yeah. you know, hey, congratulations on graduating. Here's your blaster. Here's your armor. Uh, you're on that ship there. <laughs> it's got a mission. Have fun. Right. <laughs> it's probably all his troops. Uh, sure hope you don't get put on an ad at. We had a good chat about that the uh, a few episodes ago. Yeah. Was, yeah. Why cool. why build it with legs? <laughs> yeah. That's why there's treads. <laughs> such a huge design flaw like oh let's go from hovering battle cruisers to these big old cow looking things like yeah and like i said there's i need to find that one for and send it to you there's a fan film where it actually gets used well and it's where it comes up to a beach submerged 
Oh, see, that's a good idea. That's, when it comes up, it leaves the legs under the water. Now that's a practical use. Yeah, so it can't be the legs can't be taken out by fighters or anything, but it gets all of its firepower right there to to score on the beachhead, the beach landing that they're making. So, See, whoever made that fan film, they were thinking. They were thinking. So I got to find they that one, thinking. and if I find that, I'll we'll get the link up for it too, uh, because it's like I said, there are so many that are so excellent out there. Um. You know, right. but, which obviously we can't go through them all. No, no. I think we picked our top five, four or five. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, to kind of talk a little more ab about bucket heads. Um, it's an imperial viewpoint, too. It really is. And that is that's so rare, you know, because the whole story through the movies, we see it from the good guy's view. You know, so this time it. <laughs> the good guys with air quotes okay yeah the propaganda wise yeah. yeah so this was really nice to see it from the other side right. and what their feelings are they're not there to be you know stormtroopers you know in the bad sense they're there to protect the will of the empire mm -hmm. bring order and justice to the galaxy mm-hmm I mean, that they've all signed up for the same reasons a lot of us sign up to serve in the U.S. militaries. You know, I'm going to yeah. protect and defend my my country. And you see this in Bucketheads. You see who these people are. And you you realize, you know, they're, they're not, even though they still get this clone designation for communications-wise. Right. Um, they're not. Well, the way I viewed that is, you know, anybody in the service has a DOD ID number. Right. It's We just don't, you know, call each other by it and right. use it for everything. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, another one, another fan film where, yeah, he, the trooper gets injured and he get the commander gets his helmet off and says, how are you doing, son? And he's, oh, he's like, what's your name? What's your name? And the, and the guy's like, TK, <laughs> you know, gives the number. And yeah, he, starts, and he goes, no, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, one, after a while, oh, you probably one, forget. Three. No, your name. <laughs> <laughs> that's great, though. Yeah. I mean, that it's kind of going with putting that in there. That's the same thing. That's a little grittiness. Yeah. Uh, to actually let you know that the troopers are people. Yes. That's that's exactly what I was about to say. You bring up a very valid point that in this fan film, they have taken them from the the imperial machine and humanized them. Mm -hmm. These are people. These are real people wearing the suits. They're not these autonomous robots. They're not mm -hmm. droids. They're living, breathing people. They're not even. And I'm not saying that clones weren't people either. I'm just saying that these are they were regular. Programs. Yeah, they are regular people who volunteered in most cases, I'm guessing. Nope. They want, like you said, they wanted to serve their empire. It's the same as us wanting to serve our country to protect what we believe is true and our values. And you know, some of some people in our world. Some people join for the college benefits. Some people join just to get out of that small town. Got to uh, escape. So. Yeah, get out of that Tashi station. 
you know, and that's that's why we have you know Death Star Day, um, in remembrance of the losses of all the troopers from the uh, terrorist attack of the rebels. So Fair enough. you know, Fair enough. you know, a big research station like that should not have been attacked. It was there just to watch Indeed. a dying star, hence its name, the Death Star Research Facilities. Um, oh. You know, and, and the rebels took it out and, you know, killed uh, like a million imperial subjects and loyal troopers and scientists and right. peaceful people, including an imperial governor who was just visiting. <laughs> was just visiting. Yeah, I like it. So, you know, the rebels have gone after and Buckethead shows that our troopers are people too, everybody. And, and, <laughs> yes. You know, they yes. deserve your respect and your love and your support. So, you know, next Troopers Day, get out there, wave your flags, go to the parades and be there for your troopers. You know, buy yeah. a trooper a meal. Yeah. Next time you see one out on the street. Your some love. You know, <laughs> you know, go up and thank them for their service. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're there to they're protect you. Fire safe. Yep, safe and the order and making sure commerce goes through. <laughs> Mark's gonna hate this episode. I know he is. He's gonna be like, no, what did those two do? He's like, I can't post this, honey. You can never ask me to not do the show again. <laughs> Even if you're in the hospital, I can't trust them. <laughs> now. This next one. Oh, so I give that one another. I'm moving it back up to an eight. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely give that one. Uh, maybe it wasn't as actiony as some that I've seen, but it did have its moments. So yeah. I, I give it a seven or eight, yeah, right in there. Two out of three thumbs up. Yeah. So excellent, excellent, excellent uh, fan film. Yeah. Now this next one for those of you that are Legends fans. Mm-hmm. Love the original books. Love the Thrawn stories, which, you know, thankfully Thrawn is now canon again. Yes. Uh, this Good Golf claps for Thrawn. This is something that Disney definitely needs to pay attention to. Uh, mm-hmm. This is Star Wars Hand of the Empire. And for those of you that have read the Legends books, you know exactly where this episode's going to go. Right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for those fans, you know. Uh, especially if you're a Thrawn fan, because this person is tied heavily into the Thrawn trilogy, which is where she's introduced uh, in the Legends books. Yes. 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 So everybody guess we are going to talk about uh, Mara Jade, Hand of the Emperor. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Starts off awesome. Hunting. Yes. Stormtrooper patrols getting wiped out by a native species everywhere. Uh, this is the one I was talking about where he's asking the stormtrooper his name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so that, that gets that greediness in there. Uh, basically, you've got two grizzled veterans, the uh, platoon commander and like his top sergeant, uh, who have been together forever, it sounds like. Yeah. And which we're probably kudos the, to them. Yeah, you and you actually get the idea they were probably first generation after the clones. It definitely sounded like it. You get that feeling. Yeah. Like and the old saying goes, you know, uh man, I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like uh 
beware an old man in a profession where they die young. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, or the, you know, beware of the old man because he was probably a bigger badass than you ever were at your age. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> so, you never know who you're dealing with. Uh, it's so true. And we it's see so that on the news every once in a while. You know, you see the old man hit in the back of the head, goes down, or you see 73-year-old veteran Marine kicks the crap out of two two attacking gang members. Yeah. yeah so I feel like this definitely kind of gave you that sense. <laughs> that sense. Uh, so, you know, we don't want to tell you the whole story. Um, let's just say you get a surprise ending. Mm-hmm. Big surprise ending. Uh, the grittiness of the stormtroopers is great. Uh, and it shows the moral dilemma that the older troopers are having with the empire. They're getting tired of being called baby killers and all that fun stuff by local populations. So they basically decide to, to leave and go help this girl that's being hunted by the empire. Uh, I mean, this one's got everything. You've got oh, Jedi, yeah. you've got Stormtroopers, you've got Vader, you've got Mandos, you've got... <laughs> I mean, this one's got a little bit of everything in there. Um, I'm still not so sure about this Mando lightsaber things coming out of there. And there were two of them in this group. Yeah. I did that. Uh, and as I've watched a few others, it happens quite, a, quite often. Um I mean, I can see yeah. it. We know about the Mando Jedi Wars. Right. And I mean, the uh, the Mandos were the last owners of the uh, Darksaber. Right. But I don't know. I, I, I always felt like lightsabers were Jedi Sith. That was their, their niche in the world. Right. And the Mandos were the armor. Yeah, like and Beskar was very resistant to lightsabers, and one of right. the reasons Mandos, you know, coveted the Beskar armor so much. Um, yes. Speaking of the the dark blade, dark saber, we are probably going to get a lot more information on it now that it's made its appearance in the Mandalorian. Yes. Along with Bo Katan. Uh, yes. Who made a direct reference? Uh, well, I won't say anything because if spoilers, anybody yeah. hasn't seen it, those although, darn spoilers. Although Katie Sackoff looks amazing in the armor. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. They when they first came down and you see that color scheme, you immediately you're like, oh, it's I so know, I know who they are. Yep. <laughs> uh, fantastic episode. It'll Absolutely probably get me back into the Mandalorian. Uh, now that they've introduced some really cool new things. Uh, yes. And, you know, it's Especially nice to see. Especially that cultural divide within the Mando culture. They touch right. on that. It's so. not one huge group that are this, I never take off my helmet. Um, yes. It's it's just like any, you know, here in the States, we, we've got different groups that do different things. Right. Um, different faiths. Uh, for all bandos, it's not a religion. Uh, it's it's a way right. of life. You know, there's a code they might live by, or there's not, or it you know it depends. Um, in this one, the hand of the empire, you get to see a mando who has basically become 
all I would say almost Boba Fett's protege. <laughs> He's yeah. the, he is so into uh I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this mercenary bounty hunter thing so much that Mando codes, who cares? Kind of yes. an attitude. Um, and you know, I would like to see a little more of Admit the Mandalorian as well. Best guard against lightsabers. That'd be really cool. Um, you know, I would like to see the armor actually be effective against the lightsaber. In yes. in this one, it wasn't so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I I got to give them props though the the quality though. Oh, of this fan film. Yeah, the, the, oh my gosh. The, uh, what uh, you know, five hundred first or higher levels. Um. Better than the Mandalorian mercs, a lot of them that I've seen that are approved and running around. This is uh, uh, production value high. high. Yes, production value is like way up there. Way up there. Uh, great job. Me being a huge Legends fan, um, especially the books that this is drawn from a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, Emperor's Hand, Mara Jade is, I think, a number one badass. Um, and she shows it. <laughs> she does a good job of playing the little lost girl. Uh, like I said, there, actually, there's two huge surprises at the end, so I'm hoping that this will be a continuation. Uh, yes. <laughs> because well, we, do, we can't spoil. We can't spoil. The the two really good ones. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, what? Yeah, and you're all with her. <laughs> What? And then all of a sudden the other one comes out. You're like, what? <laughs> I know that ship. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy crap. Like, I, oh, if that was a series, I would binge the heck out of that. Oh, and see what a great series to do. And all the way up to, because in the books, you even have Thrawn and her both reminisce about their first meeting. Yes. Where she was invited special to the appointment of basically the first non-human to be granted the rank of Grand Admiral in the Empire. Yeah. She was like, part she was there for that ceremony. And uh A movie Matthew, thanks for joining us. Yeah, welcome. Uh, we have been talking fan films tonight, so um yeah. We right if now have a talking... particular fan film you yeah. want to throw into our little chat there. Maybe we could talk about it for a little bit. Yeah. Anything you want to say, Matthew, besides hello? <laughs> um, but yeah, we're talking Star Wars, Hand of the Empire. Uh, fantastic, fantastic fan film. This fan one, film. I this one I'm gonna give nine. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> Lego give Star nine. Wars holiday. <laughs> Matthew <laughs> for shame. <laughs> Fan film, not Disney. <laughs> because yeah. that okay. If you'd listened to us earlier, it caught us on our solo, we'd probably be worse on a Lego Star Wars holiday special. Yeah. Although I haven't actually I saw it on the Disney Plus today and I was gonna give it a watch. Um, but after the last holiday special, I'm kind of traumatized and very scared of it. Yeah, so. I watched it on TV the first time it came on, so I've been traumatized for a long time. I feel like that one was probably a fan film that went horribly wrong, <laughs> even though I know it was a real thing. Yeah, 
should oh my gosh yeah <laughs> I, and when i start thinking i really dislike a, a star wars movie and i refuse to watch it i just remember the fan film i mean yeah the holiday special and i go right back to okay i can watch this yeah i mean compared to that if you sat through that whew. you could watch it right uh matthew's wondering if all nine star wars is great in 4k uh or bad in 4k i haven't seen them all in 4k yet i have not either so if anybody out there has uh, some thoughts on that definitely post them up we we would definitely like to venture that um that might be my next uh my next thing is um try out 4k yeah i'm thinking that uh, i need to do the same thing uh i can try it here on 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 this this computer easily yeah. enough it's okay capable i'm gonna have to do that and watch and see absolutely. what else I can catch. Uh, <laughs> watch some of these fan films in 4k oh absolutely <laughs> so we will go on to the last one of the night since we're getting low on time and oh, yeah. we are talking remnants of the order mm-hmm. uh, another good one another good high one. quality high quality it's a little slower again at the beginning right um shows a little bit of humanization of the stormtroopers with the one Yep. Uh, you know, you get to hear a basically a citizen of the Empire who's working for him when asked by her uncle who, you know, about that. She's awful friendly with that stormtrooper. She's like, well, he's my best friend. Yeah. Um, you know, great line. She's best friends with a stormtrooper. Uh, They're people. Yeah. They're people, too. Until he pisses her off later on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> then he's not people anymore. Right. Uh, this shows a new ability of the Force Ghosts. Yes. Which I really enjoyed. Actually, two. Um, because it actually shows a Force push as well from the Ghost. Right. Right. Um, and then the assistance. Yeah, like a, a Ghost actually affecting the physical world. Yeah. Those... Uh, which we know they can do because Yoda was able to get the books moved into the tree and burn it down. Yes. <laughs> 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 or he's doing Luke Heal. Move the books into the tree, Luke. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hello. Oh, that doesn't, this doesn't work all the time. Uh, <laughs> so it's going to be a little slower at the beginning, but then it really starts to pick up. I mean, she loves the Empire, the, the main character. She wants to be a pilot. She loves TIE fighters. She just loves ships of all kinds. Um, you know, going out on this these old battlefields and and finding remnants and parts and everything and bringing them in for check in with the empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, she she enjoys it. You could tell it's she's excited at the end of the day when they get in line to to show what they found. Uh, yeah, you know, look what I found. I found a R two motivator and you know this and this and and you know of course that's their that's her stormtrooper friend at the table. And he's all oh, right. R two motivator. Good job. Uh, you know, getting her all excited, and uh, you know, I'll see you later. And then she turns around and checks him out again in his armor. Of course, she can't. You don't ever get to see his face, uh, which I think is a shame. They should have had a scene right. where he popped his helmet off to talk to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but otherwise, you know, it. This one goes in a direction you don't expect. And I will say something about the fan films uh, that have come out in the past year. Uh, year and a half, two years, you're seeing a lot of yellow lightsabers now. Yes. 
a lot of yellow lightsabers in the fan films. Uh, you know, I personally like to stay with the predominantly originals, uh, you know, blue, the green, the red sabers uh, and make the specials, the purples, the yellows, the double blades. Um, but we don't know really who the original owner of, of some of these lightsabers were. Uh, yep. So, you know, maybe they were a badass. Yeah. Yeah. You know. uh, again, it, that's, that's where the, the fan films come in. They fill in those blanks that we don't necessarily know. Uh, we, the last time we saw something like uh fan filmy kind of happen was the EU books. Um, yeah. You know, fans decided I want more and they started writing books yeah. and here we are, you know, the, the digital age has progressed and it's not necessarily easier to create a film. But when you look at then versus now, I mean, even in the eighties, we were running around with big shoulder mounted cameras. I mean, I remember. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so now you could just use your cell phone if you really wanted to get quality to because you got 4k capable cell phones out there. Exactly. Cool. So it's it's easier in the aspect of if you had the costumes and you had the scripts, you could pop your cell phone out and you could get yourself a short little fan film. Um, but these ones that we've been kind of promoting tonight, these are like top notch. Yeah, these are high production quality, quality. These are reasonably well acted in most cases. Mm -hmm. sometimes you can tell it's definitely not an, an actor it's a, just a fan stepping into a role but then there's others that you can't even tell they they, they fit so well into the character uh the gal who plays mara uh yeah she plays a sassy little thing well uh the 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 young woman who plays here in remnants she plays plays yeah. that bright-eyed citizen of the empire quite well uh, the, the the gritty stormtroopers in bucketheads uh, yeah I mean, there have been some fantastic i would almost say b or even a couple of a class acting uh in these films and i would agree with that yeah so for all of your films that we talked about if you uh, are able to to find out we did this to talk about your films let us know what you think of what we said uh, when we try to put the links in, we will also try to tag you over on YouTube to, so you can watch the episode and see what we talked about. Uh, I think that is pretty much our time tonight. We are, yeah. Yeah, we are at two minutes out from running our full hour. Uh, I hope you all enjoyed the show. So, Ray, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Absolutely. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram under the Leo effects. And I do celebrity interviews with that. You can find me right here at war of the stars, of course. Uh, and then once a month, currently, uh, you can find me doing one crit blunders with uh, Mr. Joe Cahill. We do some pretty interesting, crazy stories on there. And lastly, on Tuesdays, every Tuesday, some days I can't make it, but just about every Tuesday in the evening time on uh, Shattered Tabletop Gaming on Twitch TV, 
I do Shattered Dungeons with the Shattered Dawn crew. So definitely get over and check all those things out. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me on most social medias, either Joe Cahill, director, producer, or Steamhouse Entertainment. Uh, you can check out some of the films I've got on hold, hiatus right now, thanks to COVID. But we've still got some Facebook pages out there. Last Battleship, uh, Fifth Legion, uh, Night Mistress, which is in final post-production now. It's just getting the uh, music added into the, the, the final cut. And then it'll be ready for release. So check all of those out. Uh, of course, right here, War of the Stars, we have Facebook page and group you can go be part of. Please do. Uh, we have our YouTube channel. We also have a Patreon, War of the Stars. Please go check it out. Please link to it. Please give us, uh, you know, we would love some Patreons to jump on there. A few patrons would be good for us. Um, we do this every week because we love Star Wars, and we know all of you do, too. So that about wraps it up for tonight. So everybody, please remember, this isn't my Star Wars. This isn't your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. May the Empire protect you. 